Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Once again tonight, I'm on, I want us to go back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses uh, 8 through 14 again. Um, by the time we get through, you'll probably be able to memorize Luke 2, 8 through 14. Uh, but it's just the, the main scripture that uh, you can pull everything that, that uh, we're talking about from. Uh, so Luke 2, verse 8 starting with verse 8. Uh, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory, the glory of the Lord <coughs> shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. <coughs> and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Uh, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Tonight I want <clears throat> to... I want to uh, kind of bounce around from this into got uh, a, a whole list of other scriptures that I want us to talk about tonight. But I want to use for the the uh, the foundation of this or the uh, topic tonight the Christmas Carol, uh, "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." Anybody ever heard "Hark the Herald Angels Sing"? Uh, well, I want to I want to talk about that tonight because, like I said a few weeks ago, we uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, words of the season and uh, songs of the season, uh, just to just to not only bring us into a realization of of the reason that we celebrate Christmas, but also it it gets your heart into. Uh, uh, the Christmas spirit. So, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing uh, is is a Christmas carol that uh, was written. Anybody know who, who wrote Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Uh, Charles Wesley wrote this Christmas carol back in uh, 1739, I think is when uh, this song, this carol was written now, you probably heard of Charles Wesley and John Wesley. Uh, they were, they were uh, great ministers, evangelists, and preachers back in the 1700s. And John Wesley uh, was actually the founder of the Methodist Church, uh, the Methodist movement. And he was the founder of that movement. And his brother was Charles. John was more the preacher, the pastor type. Uh, and Charles uh, wrote, uh, I want to say, over a thousand uh, 
songs and hymns, uh, many of which we, we sing today. Uh, this Hark the Herald uh, Angels Sing is a timeless uh, classic that we sing. Uh, songs like Oh for a Thousand Tongues. Uh, you probably heard that song. It was written by Charles Wesley. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, but what we, what we probably don't know is that Charles Wesley wrote this song, this Christmas carol, and one of the purposes for him writing this, this uh, classic was that he wanted to write a song that, uh, that when it was sung, it would, it would present the message of the gospel. So he, he, he's got, he wrote this song, and when you, when you really begin to look at the lyrics and begin to uh, pay attention to the lyrics, it is a very clear and powerful presentation of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now, probably he didn't know back in 1739 that in 2017 we would still be singing that song that he wrote. Now, the, the, uh, the arrangement of that song has been changed, and it's, and it's a little bit different, uh, but uh, the words are still the same. But he probably didn't realize that we would be singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing uh, in 2017. Uh, but what he did know was that whoever sung it would be singing and they would be preaching the gospel as they were singing that song. Now, something else that you probably uh, haven't paid a lot of attention to is here a couple weeks ago on TV uh, was another classic that came on and it was called The Charlie Brown Christmas. Any of you watched The Charlie Brown Christmas? I did, and, and I've, I've watched it for several years. And, but the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, is, is a uh, Christmas classic. Uh, it was uh, written, uh, uh, written by the cartoonist Charles Schultz. But the Charlie Brown Christmas is a, is a cartoon uh, show uh, of Charlie Brown trying to find what is the real reason for Christmas? It starts out, Charlie Brown is depressed. He's down and out. He's discouraged. Uh, and he's, he's, uh, he's not feeling too good because uh, it's Christmas time. The season of Christmas is here. And it's supposed to be a joyous time of year. And everybody around him is happy, but Charlie Brown's not happy because he can't figure out the reason uh, for Christmas. And so he's on a journey to try to figure out uh, what Christmas is all about. And in that, in that uh, story, at the end of uh, this uh, little show, Linus reads uh, what we just read tonight. He reads the story of Christmas. And they realize that Jesus is the reason for Christmas. And they sing, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. But now, what I, what I want to get at in that is, is that 
when all of this was coming together back in 1965, uh, the, the uh, producers and Charles Schultz were, were working together trying to come up with uh, and, and uh, put this where it would be a uh, TV show. And uh, Charles Schultz had it lined out. Well, the producers, some of the producers, uh, I forget the, the station, the NBC or CBS, or some of them came and said, uh, you know, we don't need uh, this reading from the Bible and we don't need this talking about Jesus in 1965. Bet you didn't realize that, that even in 1965, uh, there was opposition to the gospel. But they told uh, Mr. Schultz that we don't need, uh, that doesn't need to be included or, or a part of this uh, production that we're going to uh, air on television. And Charles Schultz refused to, to, to change it. He said, it's not going to be changed. He said, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And he said, it'll stay the same or, or you won't use it. So to make a long story short, uh, they, they did use it, and it stayed there. And uh, over 50 years later, it's still there. As a matter of fact, uh, that is one of the longest, the second longest running uh, Christmas classic on TV in TV history. Uh, the, the first r longest running uh, TV classic, Christmas classic, is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, it started in 1964. But, uh, and I watch it every year too, by the way, whether I want to or not. So, yeah. So, uh, but uh, anyway, <clears throat> here's the thing that I, that I wanted to, to, to talk about. Some said that, and, and I got some of this information because me and Pastor Don were, was talking and he uh, was talking about this because I had shared with him the other part and he shared that with me. But uh, uh, according to some uh, articles on this about the Charlie Brown Christmas was that uh, they wanted to produce a cartoon that would present the gospel. And so they used Hark the Herald Angels Sing in that cartoon. I thought that was kind of unique because Charles Wesley wrote that song with the intention that every time that it was sung that it would present the gospel message. And so every time you hear that song sung, I tell you what, I'm going to just sing it for you. How about that? Ain't gonna happen, but but uh, anyway, uh, it goes like this: Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald. Angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Second verse goes, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of the favored one. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our 
Emmanuel. The third one is, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to give. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Now, all right, let's look at this. Verse, uh, verse 1 is the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ and the great joy that ensued uh, the announcement of that birth. And uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, <clears throat> the Bible says this, uh, Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconcil reconciliation. Now in the first verse of that song, it says peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. <clears throat> that word reconciled means when, when something is reconciled, it means to take away that which caused separation. In other words, in First or 2 Corinthians, when it talks about uh, that uh, Jesus has reconciled us to himself. It simply means that when Jesus came, the glory and the awesomeness and the power, the majesty and, 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 and all those other great words that we could use to describe the coming of Christ, one of the greatest things about the coming of Christ is the fact of our reconciliation. He reconciled us to the Father. In other words, Jesus came and Jesus took away the sin that separated us from the Father. You and I, as human beings, could not get to the Father. We could not get into the presence of God. Why? Because of sin. Sin had separated us from God. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But thank God that Jesus came, and it came uh, and as Charles Wesley wrote, Hark uh, the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners are reconciled. And, and so in 2 Corinthians, Paul said this when he, when he was talking about if any man be in Christ, 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 that's the question, guys, that, that we, need to, we need to ask ourselves and we need to ask others. If any man, are you in Christ? Amen. Are you in Christ? And he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. You're a new man. He said, old things are passed away. 
and behold, all things are become new. And look at verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. If he has reconciled me to God, in other words, he took away the sin that separated me and God and he reconciled me back to God, then he turned around and he gave me the ministry of reconciliation. So what does that mean? That simply means that it becomes our responsibility to, uh, to uh, advise or to encourage others to be reconciled to God. As I was reconciled to God, I encourage others to be reconciled to God. My responsibility, not just as a pastor, but as a born-again believer, is to find people and reconcile them to God. Help them to understand that, that Jesus Christ has reconciled them. Therefore, in doing that, I am operating in the ministry of reconciliation. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> and then he goes on down and he says, Join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Now, we, uh, we know that in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, Micah the prophet prophesied hundreds of years before Christ would ever be born, that he would be born. There would be a redeemer uh, born in Bethlehem. And on that night, that came to pass. The prophetic word of God came to pass. Now, let's look at the second uh, stanza of this song. And... Uh, it, it, it gives us truths or it gives us things that identify uh, Christ as, the, as king. <coughs> I'm sorry. It, it starts out by Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Now in Isaiah chapter 9, and verse 6, if you've got a pen, I hope you're taking notes or writing it down, or if you don't want to listen, if you don't want to remember it, don't worry about it, but whatever. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah actually prophesied about 500 years uh, before Christ was born. And he said this He said, For unto us. A child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth, and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now you can read that verse and you can, you can get 
uh, what we talked about earlier about the decision that was made today by, by President Trump and, and our government to move the, the uh, capital of Israel to Jerusalem. You can see that in that verse. Look at what uh, Isaiah prophesied, uh, prophesied in verse 7. He said, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David uh, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it uh, with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. So God was saying there, I'm going to establish my throne upon the throne of David and the city of David is Jerusalem. All right? So... <clears throat> He goes on down and he says, uh, Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the favored one, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. This is, this is so awesome here. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. What is he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus came and took upon himself the form of flesh and we could see, this is so awesome, we could see the Godhead. All right, listen to the book of John uh, chapter, I think John chapter 1 and uh, verse 14. Uh, John talked about uh, where Jesus, Jesus being the light uh, of the world or he was made flesh and came and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glo his glory. That was in John chapter 1 and verse 14 where Jesus uh, was made flesh. The word was made flesh and came and dwelt among us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible says this. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So you go back to that song and, and see that veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. And Jesus came and uh, he came onto, into this world uh, and he became the light of the world, and the light of life and pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, <clears throat> our Emmanuel. And Jesus laid down the glory of heaven, came down to earth to take upon himself the body of a man, the flesh. I've often thought about why did Jesus have to come to earth? Have you ever thought about that? Why did Jesus, the Son of God, now he's God, he could do he can do anything and all that, but why did he have to come to earth and take upon himself <clears throat> the flesh of a man? Because we needed something we could see. We needed something that we could touch. And and Jesus came and took upon himself the form of a man. And he became in the likeness of a man so that that man could look and see the man, Christ Jesus, and they could touch the man, Christ Jesus, and yet he would remain sinless. Even though he looked like a man, he didn't take on 
the habits of men. Amen. He remained sinless. And, and uh, when John in uh, verse chapter 8 and verse 12, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have, he shall have the light of life. Have you ever thought about that in Genesis chapter 1, I think it is, in verse 3, that the very first words that's recorded in the Bible uh, of, that God spoke was, let there be light. That's, a, that's the first word, according to Scripture, that God ever spoke in the Bible. Let there be, let there be light in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. Light, when he said, let there be light, light was there. But Jesus came and he said, I'm the light of the world. In other words, <clears throat> you can be in a, in a room that's flooded with natural light and still be in darkness. You can, you can be walking around in, in a place that's flooded with sunlight and you can see clearly in everything around you, but you can still be walking in darkness. So we get a picture out of Genesis chapter 1 of darkness that had invaded or covered the earth, God came and God spoke and he said, let there be light. Light penetrated uh, the, the works of darkness and exposed the darkness and light came. And, but then uh, men were still in darkness after the sin of Adam and Eve and they were still in darkness. And so God said this, he said, there's got to be a sacrifice. There's got to be a way that I can get man out of darkness. He said they're, they're in darkness spiritually and there's got to be a way that I can get them out of darkness, that I can pull them out of the, the drudges of sin and, and, the, and the depravity of sin and all that. And he said I, there's got to be a way and, and so here comes Jesus. And, and Jesus came and when Jesus came, like I said earlier, the, the most awesome thing about it was that he was going to be the reconciliator. He was going to be the one that was going to reconcile us. He was going to be the one that was going to step in the middle of my sinful life and my broke down and messed up life. And Jesus was going to step in the middle of it and say, I've got an antidote for you. I've shed my blood so that you can be reconciled to the Father. Listen, Jesus came, and I'm trying not to preach, but I, it's hard not to. But listen, Jesus came, and in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our messed up lives and, and all of that, and Jesus said, look, I want to tell you this, you don't have to live in darkness. That's what, the, that's what the angels were proclaiming that night in Bethlehem. And that's the reason that heaven was so excited and so pumped up about this little babe that was born in Bethlehem because they knew that he was going to be the light of the world. They knew that he was going to be the one that was going to reach down and pull mankind up out of the depths of sin and clean them off and wash them off and give them access to the Father, amen? That's the awesomeness about it, amen. Listen, in John chapter one and verse 13, John said this, 
talking about Jesus, that he was not born, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the scripture I was looking for a while ago. And what he was talking to Nicodemus, and he looked at Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, he said, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. If you want to inherit heaven, you've got to be born again. And, uh, and so uh, he said the, that uh, that which was born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Uh, I'm sorry, he wasn't talking. That's not when he was talking to Nicodemus. I've, I've gotten ahead of myself. But uh, he, was, he was born not by natural means. He was born through a work of Holy Spirit. Now, we go on down and we, uh, in uh, verse three of this song, we look and we see the purpose of, of Jesus. Uh, verse 2 talked about the identity of Christ and uh, but verse 3 talks about the purpose of Jesus and uh, I got twisted up there and I, I left out a lot of my scriptures there. Man. Let's go back up. I want to I wanna show you something in um, this second verse. And the first part of it talks about Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come, offspring of the favored one. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, I hadn't, I hadn't read Philippians chapter 2. No, I hadn't. I know I haven't. Paul said this. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So in other words, Paul said <clears throat> that Jesus thought nothing of leaving his place of glory, coming down to this earth and taking upon himself the form of a man because he made himself of no reputation <clears throat> and became a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And found, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. <clears throat> so that's who Jesus was. He was the son of God that came to earth and became the son of man. 
and he became the sacrifice for our sins. In the third verse down here, talks about, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. And we talked about how that uh, <clears throat> that uh, Jesus in, in Isaiah chapter 9 was hailed as the Prince of Peace. Isaiah prophesied that he was going to be the Prince of Peace. And uh, we talked about uh, this Sunday, and we talked about how that uh, we don't have peace on earth now, do we? It's, we, don't, we have everything but peace on earth now. There's wars and, and uh, all those things are everywhere we turn, and we don't have peace on earth. So what did the angel mean when they talked about peace on earth? They were talking about that Jesus being the reconciler, was going to bring peace between us and God. That's the most important thing, guys, that we can ever have is peace with God. We need that peace with God. We as born-again Christians, we understand that peace. And a lot of times we take that peace for granted and we forget that there's a world out there that doesn't have the peace of God that we have. The Bible says we'll, we have been given a peace that surpasses our understanding. In other words, it's a peace that, that I, I can't even comprehend sometimes. I can't even fathom the peace of God. And listen, I have to be careful because I've been, <clears throat> I've been uh, a Christian since about 1982. That's... Uh, several years so but I have to be careful because since I've been a Christian that long I will begin to take for granted the peace that I have listen I'm going to be honest with you I've forgotten about all the times that I would lay in bed and worry if I was going to wake up the next morning I've forgotten about all those times that I walked around with a burden, with, with the struggles of knowing my life was in a mess and knowing that, that I was so bound up and, and, and addicted to sin and all that. And I've forgotten about that. And, and it's easy, if I'm not real careful, I'll walk by those that don't have that peace today and, and I'll, I'll just walk on past because I've been in it so long till I've, I've become so accustomed to walking in that peace that, that I don't understand uh, how so and so over here don't have that peace. I'm afraid that that's what's happened to a lot of church people. That's the reason you can't get them to witness. That's the reason you can't get them to tell others about Jesus. That's the reason you can't get them to come out uh, to prayer meeting and, 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 and get uh, serious about seeing their community saved and, and people turn, to, turn uh, to Christ because they've forgotten that they were once sinners. They've forgotten that there was a time that I was bound in sin and I was addicted to sin, but Jesus came and set me free. And, and now I can stand and have that peace and, and I can have the assurance that I know, that I know, that I know that Jesus is the head of my life. Amen. 
<clears throat> so you see, it means everything to know that and to understand that. And so uh, Jesus came as the Prince of Peace and the Son of Righteousness. Why was he the Son of Righteousness? And why is that so important? Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got my righteousness from Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. I inherited or I took upon myself his righteousness and now when I stand before the Father, the Father looks at me and he sees the righteousness of his Son in me. That's the reason I can stand and have access to the Heavenly Father. That's awesome. And then he says, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. And we talked about the light and the life that Jesus uh, brought when he said, I'm the light of the world, and he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Malachi, in the book of Malachi chapter 4, in verse 2, prophesied this, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And then he says, mild he lays his glory by. In other words, he laid down his life to come to earth, <clears throat> to walk among us, to live among us so that we might know the way of eternal life. Born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And this is what I was talking about a little bit ago, born to give them second birth. So you see, the progression of this song and how it presents such a clear message of the gospel. When he said, born to give them second birth, uh, in John chapter 3, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, you remember, had come to Jesus by night. He was a Pharisee. He was afraid of what others were going to say about him. And so he came to Jesus by night. And uh, began to talk to him. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus <clears throat> and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus didn't understand that. He said, Lord, how, how can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, Son, you don't understand. I'm not talking about being born of the flesh again. I'm talking about being born of the Spirit. I'm talking about that old fleshly nature, that old spirit that's in you being born again, being redeemed and restored. And Jesus said, if, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Listen, there's no other way. There's no other way to get to heaven but through Jesus Christ. Many people have tried it. Many religions today say they've got a different way. They've got another way. But listen, there's no other way. There's no other way. Listen, Christianity is the only religion, the only uh, religion that can stand and say, 
the one that we serve, came, lived, died, and rose again. Everybody else's God is in the grave still, but ours rose again. He rose again on the third day. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, as we, as we bring this down to the end, there's two things that I want us to, to uh, see here. There are two different words that are used in this song that I believe are, are, are so powerful that uh, many times we might miss them. And there are two old English words that we don't hear anymore, very, very seldom. I don't guess I've ever heard them used in, in common talk <clears throat> because there are two old English words that are in this song, and one of them is the word hark, H-A-R-K. It is the very first word of this Christmas carol, hark the herald, angels sing. The very first word, hark. And that word means this, it means to pay attention. It, it's a word that means to listen. It's a word that's used to grab the attention of everybody that's listening. In the old English uh, language, when, uh, when uh, a herald would come, uh, the, a herald of a king would come to make an announcement, he would get up on a, on a box or something, and he would stand up and he would say, Hark! 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 That means that everybody that was under his, uh, the sound of his voice would stop what they were doing and pay attention because something profound was about to be spoken. The very first word in that song was hark. In other words, listen because something profound is about to be said. And then he goes on down through that song. The second word that uh, is an old English word is the word hail. H-A-I-L. And that word hail is a word that always comes after the word hark. Hark means to give your attention to what I'm about to say. Hail means to acclaim, to salute, to acknowledge. In other words, when, when uh, Charles Wesley put this song together, and he said, Hark the herald angels sing. In other words, pay attention because something profound is about to be said and you need to listen and, and hear what is about to be said. But when he said hail, he said hail the incarnate deity, hail the heaven-born prince of peace, uh, hail the son of righteousness. And what was he saying? That word hail simply means to acclaim or salute or to acknowledge, to give worship and honor to the one who brings us hope, healing, and salvation. Hark the herald, angels sing. Hail the son of righteousness. In other words, acknowledge what you're listening to. Hear what I'm about to say and acknowledge and give glory and honor to the one that we're talking about. Listen, in this season, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, <clears throat> that, that we can, we can uh, hear our government leaders now that are talking about Merry Christmas and, and we're, they're talking about 
Jesus being the reason for the season. That excites me to hear that and, and all of that. And listen, it's time, church. We need, we need to stand up. And we need, listen, don't let happy holidays come out of your mouth. Listen, tell people Merry Christmas. Tell people that Jesus is the reason for the season. Be proud that you're a child of God. Be proud that you know the truth and, and you know about Jesus. Don't, don't let it be veiled. Don't let it be a secret. Don't fall into the, into the uh, pit with all society that's so afraid if they say something wrong that, that they're going to offend somebody. Listen, if you're offended by me talking about Jesus, then you don't have to stay around me. You can move or you can get up and leave or you can vote me out and I'll leave, whatever you want to do. But listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to talk about Jesus. I'm not ashamed to tell people that he is the Savior, that he is the Redeemer. And listen, so when you sing uh, in this season, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, sing it with power and sing it with glory because you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I think I might quit right there. Y'all go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. One of the things that <clears throat> that Judy and I have have tried to be intentional about this year is that that we've tried to intentionally stay away from being so busy that we can't celebrate Jesus. We've tried to we try to uh, work things around even. Uh, in the church uh, to try to cut out so much busyness and so much <clears throat> so much stuff that we can focus upon uh, the message of Christmas and focus upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you during this year, during this season, uh, focus on Jesus. Recognize why we're celebrating this season not only focus on it, but share it with others. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come tonight. We thank you. We thank you that, that, Father, we can stand tonight and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you tonight that, Father, that we can sing. God, we can sing uh, these Christmas carols like Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And we can sing it, Father, with a, a renewed understanding and a renewed sense of your glory and of your majesty. And Father, I pray over this house tonight, this room tonight, God, every man, woman, God, that's here, every family that's represented here tonight. Father, first of all, Lord, let us have a revelation, a fresh new revelation of who you are. God, just release tonight God, your anointing. Father, over this place tonight, God, every heart and every mind tonight, God, that you would move in us, Father, draw us, Father, during this season to a place, Father, of seeking you and searching for you and allowing you to be the head of our every day. 
Father, I bless them tonight. I bless this congregation tonight, Father, that during the rest of this week, God, that they would walk in authority. God, that they would walk in your blessing. And God, that, that your peace and your hope would be prevalent in their lives tonight. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen.